Hello, and welcome to the 48th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we are your Queen Bees back at it again after a long break. Almost a year. Almost a year. We became seasonal for a little while, and then, you know, (laughs) life just... I got divorced. Sure. You you were a teacher. Well, frankly, like the last... Yeah, the last episode we were planning was in October, and what ended up happening was, like, neither of us were super interested in, I feel like, talking about the book. What book was it even? It was, like, the Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. Oh, I did read it. I read it, too, and we, like, got it all set up, and I was like, frankly, like, I don't have a lot to say about this book, (laughs) and and so you and I just, like... um, FaceTime for three hours about your life, and that felt more necessary. More, more important. Um, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I did actually really like the State Sex You Don't Get Murder book, l- dear listeners, but... Yeah. I thought it was um, fine. I felt like I wanted more information. Like, I think I I didn't learn anything on there that I haven't really gathered from their podcast. Like, I was hoping to learn more about Karen's divorce. I and know. I, I, I think she must have signed an NDA. I just wanted more information. Who, who was she even married to? I don't even know. Like, you can't even know. find that out on the internet. No. Have I looked? No. Yeah. <laughs> Do I feel like I'm invading her privacy? Yeah. But I want to know. But I'm interested. Yeah. She's great. I mean, yeah. I made a list of, like, divorced women that I admire, and she's on it. Well, Good. Yeah, it's good to have. I did that when I turned twenty five. I looked at a list of people who were successful later in life, and that made <laughs> me feel better. <laughs> and look at you now—you have girls I'm... saving up their babysitting money to Ugh. take your summer school class. I know what a gem. Um, yeah, I'm pretty ready for this e-learning to be over, but it's you know it's better than nothing, I guess. It's just weird. This is our. This is like our edition of the coronavirus, although you and I have been um, distance recording this podcast for quite some time, so. Right, this is nothing new for us. We're just old experts at it, frankly. Although the last time we recorded, we were all together with our friends Ari and Tyler. God bless them. Shout out to those two. Miss them. Yeah. Loved that trip to Chicago. So fun. Although I did listen to like half that episode and I couldn't couldn't finish it because I was just being such a know-it-all. Hermione Granger that I like, couldn't take it. I like, I offhandedly was like, you know, it's like God is commerce. And I was like, oh, this is awful. It's like, yes, I am a high school English teacher. So yeah. Audrey's trying to show off just a little too much there. And I'm going to have to turn off the podcast. I mostly remember casting the movie. That's like yeah. all I remember about it. Um, well, do you want to do a quarantine reads corner since I'm frankly not confident enough to take a video of my face and do an Instagram story about it? <laughs> sure. Unlike you who did it Ugh. adorably. Thrive on it. Yeah. I mean, it's your Gemini energy. Ugh. It's my season. It's my time. It is Feeling your time. good. Yeah. I mean, Aries, Aries are leaders, but I don't know. I feel like I I wouldn't say that you don't like attention, but I feel like you like attention like in a like a social group that you feel comfortable in. Like if we're in a group of friends, like you will command a certain amount of attention. 
Yeah, I think that's true. I'm not interested in strangers' attention. No, you're not. Whereas I'm interested in everyone's attention. And you deserve it. Which is why I have the reputation of being friendlier than you. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if you give me attention. <laughs> I'm not interested. at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll go first. Okay. Um, we can get we can go one after another, like switch off or whatever. Ooh, okay. So better be prepared with your first quarantine read. Okay, my first one was um, ninety nine glimpses of Princess Margaret, which is a fab book, five out of five on Goodreads. <laughs> um, if you know nothing about the royal family, don't read it because you will be lost. <laughs> and sure. um, what if you've seen The Crown? You, I think, will be fine. Okay, if you've seen The Crown, yeah. Okay. No, it, it's it's great. Um, I will say I was under the impression the entire thing was true and then found out that it wasn't <laughs> like later on, <laughs> that it was sort of like taking strands of her life and playing them mm. out as though they had gone on. So it was like, there's like, there's like a section where it's like, if she did marry Peter Townsend, which like, God, he is boring. Um, mm. Or like, if she actually did have an affair with Pablo Picasso or like, mm. it, whatever. I don't know. There And in one point, um that like man who she dates in her later life when she's mm-hmm. with her abusive horrible husband um Rodney Roddy whatever his oh, name yeah, was yeah yeah the like yeah um the hot guy that she lounged by the pool with <laughs> her pool boy yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> he they had a like story of him committing suicide and I was like oh that's so sad and then wikipedia it and it's like well he's still alive so <laughs> um that's not true but anyway it's great it's fun um she was fun she was a good early quarantine days vibe drank a lot of wine and felt fine Uh, about it because she drinks all day long yeah and gin too so gin vodka like she had like orange juice and vodka breakfast every day like (laughs) she was she was an icon she was going for it Mm-hmm. Um, I well, I'm gonna skip the books that I talked about already. I okay, guess you've you've probably There's read more old than me. news. Yeah, um, we're not interested. Do you yeah. have them on our highlights on our Insta stories? Yeah. Um. So I guess the next book I read was called Evie Drake Starts Over. It was written by the um, co-host of I almost said Queen Bee Book Club podcast. <laughs> it was <laughs> written by me. It was written by me. <laughs> It was written by the um, co-host of the Pop Culture Happy Hour on NPR. And it's – I, like, weirdly – I read it in one day. And I wouldn't say it was because it was just, like, the best book ever. But it's one of those books where it's just, like, nice and charming. And it's about, like, this woman who, like – she was – the day that she was going to leave her emotionally abusive husband, he dies in a car accident – And so she ends up, like, not having to leave the house. And so it's kind of about, like, he was this doctor and, like, beloved by the community. And she now has to kind of deal with that she was kind of living with a different side of him. But so she's, like, not able to, like, fully deal with her grief. Um, And then this baseball player moves into her, like, pool house or back home or wherever. Um, Very Ryan Atwood. Yeah, exactly. Um... And they just, like, develop a nice little connection. So it's just, like, a nice story and world to live in. It was kind of like drinking tea. And so I just continued to drink the tea until I was finished with it. And it's just nice. Um, 
Speaking of baseball players, I recently watched the um, Sex in the City episode where she dates the new Yankee. Yeah. <laughs> or Carrie dates the new Yankee. It's right after – I think it's actually right after Big comes yeah. back with Natasha and they're engaged, which frankly, biggest betrayal. I forget about it every time. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and I'm a huge Mr. Big apologist, which probably makes me a bad feminist, but – I mean, um, I anyway. Okay, so I'm at the part now where Aiden has just hit the scene, and holy crap, he is annoying. He's <laughs> so annoying. He is- I need to watch those episodes again to, like, firm up my opinion that I hate. Okay, well, let me just tell you. He, like, talks in this, like, Carrie. Like, I it's, it's just this horrible voice. that actor's <laughs> like, voice. Yeah. I hate it. I can't. That I can't. is half of my dislike of Aiden, but I need to go back and, and get firmer reasons. Okay, Another reason he doesn't have good control of his dog, or worse, no. he uses it to pick up women. Yuck. Um, <laughs> he wears necklaces all the time, mm. which I just like. The thing is, okay, we've talked about this how I don't like it when men wear jewelry <laughs> and then <laughs> felt bad about it later. But here's the thing Aiden doesn't, has not earned the right to wear <laughs> leather necklaces. He is not Ryan Atwood. <laughs> Okay, I was going to say, who has? He is not Ryan Atwood season one of the OC. He is a furniture whittler, whatever he is. I don't know. I'm not interested. He has bad style. Like the episode I just watched, he was wearing essentially a Hawaiian shirt that was long sleeved, which I didn't even know those, those existed. Um, Sickening. Sickening. He... Like, he just, like, makes such a big deal about everything, too. Like, it's, like... Yeah. I, I, I like, he's... I don't know. He, like, has her meet his like, parents way fun. too early. He's not fun. <laughs> he makes her quit smoking, which, frankly, I find, like, really upsetting. Because guess what? Me Big too. liked her how she was. <laughs> well, it's it's more, like, I understand, obviously, that smoking is not good for you. And that yes, people we that know. are doing it should stop. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That disclaimer out there. It's how he goes about doing it that it's I passive find aggressive really annoying. and annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's like kind of emotionally manipulative. Like well, it's like, just like, ugh. Carrie, I don't think I could date a smoker. It's like, ugh, God. Well, then goodbye. Like, ugh, you smoke today, you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, don't kiss me, you smoke. Yeah, he's the worst, and yeah, it's just whatever. He's the worst, and then like he won't sleep with her for weeks. And so she's like, are we just friends? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just like, like, she's so confused because, like, she's like, my relationship with him is perfect. And so I don't understand, like, how to live in it because there's no conflict. And I'm like, yeah, that's because he's boring. Yeah. I like when she dates that baseball player, though, because it, yes, her <laughs> approach to baseball is similar to mine in that I don't Same. care about it. And so Same. if I were to meet a Yankee, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, so what I what I like about that episode is Carrie asks out the new Yankee, who is essentially the hottest ticket in town. Everyone knows who he is. Mr. Big certainly knows who he is. She gets on like page six with him. Like it's just such a it is such a good revenge rebound, and I just yeah, really that's a power move. I liked it. Yeah, um, and then she and then she throws him away. Like she's I like, respect. She's just like I also not love interested. that scene where they're like Miranda's super into the game, which I yes. relate to, except for the fact that it's baseball and I don't like it. I see. Miranda's I would rather. I game. would way rather watch baseball than, frankly, most things. 
to be honest. I hate football, as you know. I can only understand baseball when it's the playoffs because then I understand the stakes. Okay, but the – Oh, okay. You understand the rules of the game, though. For the most part. Okay, well, I mean, Um, but that's the thing is, like, football, I'm like, I have no effing idea what's going on. Baseball, I know the rules. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Basketball, easy to understand. Quite easy. I find that pretty boring, though. I like it. I I like it live. Okay, I'm recording again. Oh. All right, so we're back. Um, I I don't know why my computer every now and again will do this, where all of a sudden it's like, you know, the disk speed is too slow. I really think what it is is I do need a new computer because this this I'm little guy is about, about 10 for years one old. Too. Okay, well, mine is six years old, so it's young, <laughs> a spring chicken compared to yours. Yeah. But it's um, like, it, I don't, like, frankly, I use the computer kind of just for this now, or my computer. Like, I use my work computer for everything else, so it just feels like it's never, like, the time that I want to drop, like, $1,200 on a new computer. Right. Understandable. You could have two pairs of Carrie Bradshaw's shoes for that price. If truly. Um, so wait, we were talking about The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan show. Have you um, heard of it? No. I, I'm thinking of Love and Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so The so. Last Dance is an ESPN documentary about <laughs> the Bulls in the 90s. Okay. That's been... <laughs> I actually think you would like it, Cher, and the reason I think that is mostly because um, Scotty Pippen in this show, he's like one of the basketball players. Who is players. that? He's okay. one of the Bulls, okay? Okay. I learned about him on this. I didn't really know much about him previously. My understanding of the Bulls was Michael Jordan, and that was really all. Okay. Um, Scotty Pippen, I adore him. He's so cute. He has the deepest little voice. Um, he's very tall, obviously, because he's a basketball player. And like you just learned, he was like the. Well, great, now I'm like, out. I don't. You know how I feel about tall men. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a facilitator. He like made like he basically made it so Michael could be as good as he was. And he was one of the like least paid players in the NBA, even though he's like one of the better ones because he signed the contract mm. way too young and it was too long. But he was like, I wasn't going to chance Classic. it. I was like supporting my twelve siblings, and I was like, oh. Anyway, I love him. So that was a, a joy of watching The Last Dance for me. Okay. Well, listen, I don't know that it's going to make my quarantine list. I am – you know what my next movie <laughs> I'm going to watch is? is Marie Antoinette, though. So you should be oh, happy about that. Thank God. <laughs> I was going to text you the other day and be like, I've had enough. Like, you need to watch it. <laughs> I, like, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Like, it's, know, it's on the schedule. I know that you will like it. I know that I will like it, too. I like Kirsten Dunst, and I like – period dramas and exactly. it looks I mean, like I, it looks a lot of like pastels in a i can't wait florida I, I want you to i want you to live tweet it i need it i need to <laughs> live need tweet a, it to my seven twitter followers <laughs> or on the queen bee account i need a step by step oh, yeah I, i'll go on the queen bee account i oh, i'm so mad because like i think i deleted my twitter when i was applying for job stuff mm-hmm. because it was just like too much to clean out kind of and like too hard to go so far back (laughs) and so I just deleted the whole thing but it's like cool so I had like hundreds of followers and now I have seven 
And I think that Twitter is not good about, like, notifying people when they have followers. So it's like, mm-hmm. I've also requested to follow a lot of people who have not accepted me yet. And so it just feels like, it feels sad every time I go on Twitter, but whatever. So yeah, yeah. so if you're one of those people who haven't accepted me slash followed me back on Twitter, please do. I'm excited that you're back on Twitter because I do think, like, half of my tweets I post and I'm like, I just know that the audience of this is share. Yeah, well, I, mean, like, I think you're, you're, the you're my only audience. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I tweet, tweeted about the OC being a Bill Dung's Roman about Julie Cooper, and I'm like, no one else is going to like this. Classic, classic content. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, okay, wait. So we were talking about quarantine books. So you were talking about your baseball player oh, tea right. book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Very nice little rom-com. Do recommend Especially now that we're getting into summer, like you can read that sucker by the pool, easy peasy. It's not hardback. Um, I think it's still in hardback. Ugh. Actually, no, no, no. It just came out in paperback. Okay, great. Well, then you definitely can read it by the pool. I just hate a hardback by the pool. Yeah, it's risky. It is. Um. <laughs> okay. My next one was Call Me By Your Name, which we have done an entire podcast episode about, and we're doing the sequel today, so I won't wax on. But um, (laughs) yeah, great, great. Is this my second or or third time? Not sure, but loved it. Um, Yeah. I mean, not much else to say. (laughs) The next book I read was called Bringing Down the Duke, and it was like a historical romance you know, it. Lauren liked it, um, so it, that's not to say that, you know, you won't like it or other Lauren people won't like it. Lauren is Audrey's cousin I don't think and roommate, you, if people yeah. wondered. I don't think that you would like it. Probably not. I just, at first I thought that the lead act, or lead actor, the lead character guy was going to have, like, some Mr. Darcy vibes, but, like, I just, I don't know. I, I just, no, it wasn't for me. Okay. Fair enough. I just didn't care about the relationship. And it doesn't take much for me to invest in a relationship, and I didn't care about the relationship. <laughs> That's so true. Um, okay, my next one. So this year – so, okay, first of all, I have been, like, keeping a really, like, good diary, which was my mm-hmm. New Year's resolution, like, 80 years ago when we read Bridget Jones's yeah. diary. Um, anyway, oh, so yeah. it's going great. So I started out with lists and like basically okay. in my mind, I was sort of like, okay, like what um, would be the best books for me to read in like my divorced vibe sort of. Yeah. And I, for some reason was like, oh, you know what would be great? Portrait of a Lady. Because I remembered <laughs> it, like I remembered the end of the book being like her kissing this guy and then like running off and like mm-hmm. who, a guy who was not her husband. Her husband sucked. Um, and so I was like, oh, cool, fun. But then actually the end of the book, which is a little bit debated, but the way that I read it is she basically goes – so she like kisses this other guy and mm-hmm. then leaves the next – so then he goes to go see her the next day. And, and basically he's he said like, you know – I don't care that you're married like we can be together and like we'll make it work and I'll protect you and like we just like can move away and like just be me and you and you're like great this is all all she's needed for the whole book and then like so he goes to find her and she's gone and she's gone back to Rome and like the way that I read it is basically like she's going back to be killed basically by her husband oh shit yeah like I mean because there sort of was like this 
kind of feeling that if she ever did something that was like so sort of against his wishes, like he would kill her mm-hmm. kind of. Anyway, whatever. So Ew. at the end okay. of the day, not the best divorce book. Um, not <laughs> the best message at the end. Um, it is. It was very long. And like I remember like Brett had read like three or four books in the time. Brett is my friend and roommate and uh, Jem. Um he had read like three or four books in the time that I was reading Henry James and I was like cool well like listen I'm reading like 50 pages of tiny text today I'm certain I'm reading more words than you but yeah and I mean just the sentences alone like that is some dense reading it is I mean I did I did enjoy it like to a certain extent but I think that Henry James is like a little bit heavy for a quarantine read if you're gonna read 19th century Mm -hmm. like I would go with a Bronte to be honest yeah so my next book was where the crawdads sing which was like my mom is the race book club yeah yeah. it's it's all over i don't know if you will like it or not i feel like you. my mom says i would like it i think she doesn't know but i also was trying to figure out like how if you would figure out the mystery or not. I'm oh, thinking, I think probably like, yes. Yes, yeah. but you like that. so <laughs> I do like that, but if, if it's too easy, then I feel cheated. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll feel cheated or not. I can't decide. Okay. Because you're better at figuring those things out than me. So. <laughs> yeah, as somebody who was raised on Law and & Order and yeah whatever mac and cheese um but i really liked it It, i think it starts out a little bit slow but then it gets really interesting and there's some romances that i clung to so that's pretty cool and you know it's just like about like scrappy kaya living on her own essentially in north carolina on the swamp so and she like starts to catalog nature so i mean that's kind of cool (laughs) <laughs> is it <laughs> as someone who doesn't like going outside um, <laughs> um okay my next one was susan sontag's diaries which mm. loved and much better divorce girl vibes um okay. yeah i mean it, it was like it was like a, it was pretty quick reading like her entries are pretty short and so like it was like mm-hmm. easy to put down or pick up again but it went pretty fast i read like almost the majority of it on the plane back to california Um, nice yeah so anyway liked it recommend the next book I technically finished but it was not um was Jane Eyre just because I was teaching that book so I have never read it I've never read it I know it's we'll probably we'll have to do that one like maybe next year when I teach it again (laughs) yeah we can do it we can do it in like installments or something um it's it's pretty good well, I like it a little bit better than Wuthering Heights, I think. Well, I'm currently reading Wuthering Heights, and I just really like it. I actually am not bored by the second half, as we like as we talked yeah. about. Because I think I don't know. I haven't read it in a while, and I, every time I get to that part, I'm like, Ugh, okay. I mean, I think the thing about Wuthering Heights is like the characters are like literally none of them are endearing like you don't really like pretty much anybody Mm -mm. but you do kind of like root for certain people kind of like i mean i rooted for i was shipping heathcliff and catherine one from the beginning obviously and frankly like i have a huge soft spot for heathcliff and frankly it probably explains like all of my issues with men (laughs) 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 um 
But um, like I have, I have a soft spot for Harrington or whatever his name is. Who's he's Hindley's son who like Ew. never learns to read. No, he marries Catherine too at some point. Oh, but yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not there yet. Yikes. But yeah, and and then but then she also marries her like sickly cousin who reminds me of the kid in um <gasps> the kid in uh, the Secret Garden who I find really annoying mm. also. <laughs> invalid boys are just not my thing not my thing <laughs> well it's just like next like i won't go outside like it's just annoying well it's i think it's that generation's portrayal of them where you're like <laughs> really you can't go outside it's kind of like in call me by your name when elio's like no i had a bloody nose today i can't be playing with anybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like really yeah i'm sick <laughs> <laughs> The next book I read was Bad Blood, which is the book about oh, um, yeah. Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. It is really interesting and a really good book. I also, it's just like, it's crazy to she's be wild. presented with a world. She's nuts. Yeah. Like just the fact that, or it's not even that she's crazy. It's that she's like very, very unethical because it was like she would be presented with this issue or like people would just say, can we just have more blood in the machine? It would make it easier to work that way. And she'd be like, well, that's not like my vision. <laughs> but she had no like chemistry back. Like it was just, it was so frustrating because she was just so bad <laughs> at like being an innovator because she just wanted to basically be Steve Jobs. Yeah. It will, and, so strange. And she's kind of like, it's just really weird that she was able to get like these huge name people on her board like it's I like I don't know how she did it well she was really good at talking up the thing and then she would kind of show like the first people like she didn't have the prototype yet and so they just invested because they were like wow this is like a game-changing idea and then like she had a prototype that she could kind of fake the results right so she would like fudge it and anytime any of them asked questions or, like, the original people, she would, like, fudge the data again. Um, and I also just think it was, like, that era of, like, Facebook had happened. Right. Like, Uber was kind of happening. So everyone, I think, was really afraid of missing out on the next big thing. And so they were like, well, we're not going to, you know, drop out of this or say no to this I, I and get, like, screwed. I listened to the podcast, whatever that one was called, about it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was crazy to me, too, is, like, Literally, she had, like, you know, renowned scientists being like, no, like, this does not work. And literally nobody listened. <laughs> like, it's like. Yeah. Well, because they would just, like, fire those people and then make them and, like, trap them in NDAs. Yeah. But, I mean, in the very crazy. beginning, like, when she had her mentor or whatever, when she, who she was, like, working with the pro- on the project with. Yeah, that and, is weird. Yeah. Like, it, it sort of is, like, I don't know how she sort of, like, got around that. I mean, I guess she's just, like, is is manipulative and whatever, but. Well, with her crazy voice. Oh, my God. The voice thing is wild. Unsettling. It's, it's, it's scary. Also, the the relationship she has with that man was, like, frankly, the biggest mm. shock of the, the whole thing to me. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge bummer. Well, I didn't read any. I don't. I mean, I read Find Me. That's the only other thing I have to offer. I read. I read Daisy Jones and the Six, um, which is another – it's, like, cute. It's about – like, if you like Almost Famous, you'll like this book. Okay, like um, Almost Famous. It's about, famous. like, a band 
it's like a band in the 70s and like how it like kind of came to be but it's told like all through interviews which is kind of cool because it could be like one of the people being like yeah it was awesome because like the six was like the sex and then like the next person will be like no that's not it at all like that was never part of the name so you see like how they all have like a different memory of their like time together in the band which is kind of cool let me see if i have any other ones nope that was it other than find me which i guess brings us brings us to why we're here today to this moment Okay, so I feel like maybe we should talk about it in parts. Yeah. Because I feel... It's basically I like feel, a bunch of separate books. So I guess the first thing that I would say is that if if you are thinking that this book is the framework for the sequel that they're making, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> Unless like the last 20 pages are what they're using. That must be what they're doing. That must be. You, like it's just you're you're not although right. and I mean although neither how, of those how men are old older. enough to do that. Yeah, I mean that's what I don't understand is like they're both gonna be like sixty years old at the end of the book. So before we kind of get into the nitty gritty, my feeling about this book was that I feel like it was almost like it almost reminded me. I never read Go Send a Watchman or Go Set a Watchman or whatever that Harper Lee no, I didn't nonsense either. was. I refused. Yeah, me especially too. once the stories came out that it was like. She was poor Harper Lee was like ninety and manipulated into yeah, giving her manuscript to that person. I know. It all made me very uncomfortable. So I, I didn't I didn't read it. But I feel like this book was like a writing exercise that Andre Asimon did. Or even <laughs> like I could see like the Elio and the Oliver parts being like stuff he wrote as like ideas for the ending of Call Me by Your Name when the he epilogue. Kind of flashes forward. Which frankly it. which frankly went on too long, in my opinion, the epilogue. Agree. Of Call Me By Your Name. And so I wonder if those were just, like, parts of the writing that ended up getting cut out or, like, writing exercises, and then they were like, oh, let's publish it. Which I wouldn't have done. I hate to say it. I do feel like it's a little bit of a money grab. Like, I mean, I think that, like, this book is going to sell a lot of copies just because Call Me By Your Name was so great. And I think, like, with the movie hype, I think that there was, like – like, I mean, he's going to make money off of this and – I mean, I guess, like, I don't think it's, like, not an earnest attempt, but I just don't I don't know think so. That we what I this. don't think – I don't think we needed it. But I, you know, because, I mean, I'm very loath to criticize Andre Asimov in any way. Well, you met the so guy, so. What, oh, my God. Such an angel from heaven. And, like, literally just, like, yeah, it's been nice to make all this money from the book. Um, well, because he wrote it. I mean, Call Me By Your Name came out, what, in 2007? It was a while ago. Yeah. And, I mean, he teaches comparative literature. So I just am not imagining, though. I What I really think is that it was the publisher being like, you, you should give us another one of these books. It can be anything. Like, it could be a group, whatever you want to do. Like, yeah. I think he was probably getting, like – pressured from like his publisher or agent or something and he was like oh I have like this kind of thing if that's what you're interested in and like I know they're interested in making another movie I'm trying to be agreeable like I don't think he was like I would love to make some more money off this um yeah I think that's I mean I think that's probably right I I mean he was probably like it'll be nice to have some more money and I don't begrudge that but I just no listen I'm happy he'll have you know, a new nest egg or whatever, but like it just, <laughs> it does kind of, for me, it sort of is like, 
Call Me By Your Name is like genuinely one of the more beautiful books I've ever read. And like this just yeah. was not. And it does kind Call of. Call Me By Your Name. It, like I, I guess it's sort of how I feel about like J.K. Rowling and the casual vacancy where I sort of am like oh, now. I like the casual vacancy. Well, I feel first that way of all, about I didn't child. read it. but like but you know what i mean where it's like so she created this this whole world which like frankly like is now our own that we've taken sort of like it's it's like no longer really attached to jk rowling and then she writes this other book and just sort of was like oh wait you're actually just human and you know like what i mean like i think i think there was casual vacancy is like not a part of harry potter at all no i know but I think it's like oh. it's like, but just the idea. I think that's what that's what's disconcerting about it is like it's a totally different writer. Whereas like, call me by your name and find me like a little bit feel different to me. In I mean, I guess it's just because. oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it's so interesting because I think call me by your name. I think is maybe my favorite book we've read for this podcast. Maybe by, probably, definitely, right. Yeah, I, I mean, other, I can't think of anything. Like, there else. are like classics that I love, and obviously Harry Potter I love. But like in terms of us like finding something and reading it, that's like definitely my favorite that we've read. And yeah, I think that's this right. one was maybe my. There's no way this is favorite. Mm, I don't know. Turn of the screw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that one though. Like, I was like, I understand why it's like it was also funny. Good. Yeah, it, it is. It's a classic. But um, um I, okay. What about I also? What about the scuba diving talk- one? Manhattan Beach. <laughs> Manhattan Beach. Here's the thing. Like, there was something about reading that book where I was like, I want to know what happens. I don't specifically care about any of these characters, but there was something that like propelled me forward in reading that. I'm trying to think. I don't know what it was. I'm trying to think what other books you've read. I think part of what's challenging about this book is that there's no plot. No. And and I do want to talk about each of the sections. This book frankly feels like porn to me also. (laughs) Like I I felt – like which like Call Me By Your Name is definitely a sexy book. But like the thing – But you earn it. You earn it. You earn it. Because it's not – But I think the mistake that occurs in this – is that Call Me By Your Name is like the reason that it's so special is that it digs into Elio's consciousness and his nervousness and his like awakening. And well, and like the insecurity one, and like the sort of yeah. like there's so much buildup. And I mean, we're so with him and like we understand, like we don't know Oliver super well because we're seeing him through Elio's eyes, but it's like we care about all these characters. We care about the two of them so much. And then this book is basically, if you don't know the structure of the book, I guess we should say, like basically it's three sections. One four. is Elio's four father. Oh, right. Four. So one is Elio's father and like an affair he has. Another is it's an, not affair an affair Elio has. He's not married. Um, when with Miranda okay right or like a relationship that he has the father has a relationship Elio has um a check-in with Oliver and then like an ending part with Oliver and Elio spoiler alert but I don't and we can talk about this in like them individually but because I feel the strongest about in my dislike for the part with the father oh my god that's my favorite part no I hated it (laughs) Oh, I I would say my I would say my least favorite part 
was the Oliver chapter. That was my favorite. Well, listen. (laughs) I mean, my favorite was when they were together, obviously, but... Yeah, but, I mean, the only reason, like, that was my favorite was because, like, that's sort of what I thought this was going to be in the first place. The the dad one? No, no. The, like, them being together. Like, I sort of was mm-hmm. like, I thought that yeah, there was yeah, going to yeah. be a lot more of I was like, the oh, two finally. Okay. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, now we have six pages left, and here we finally are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, but it was like, I don't care about some of the, like, the guy that Elio was with. I was like, who cares? Yeah, I, I, I am like frankly not a fan of like old men relationships. Like, I'm just not interested in hearing about it. Okay, like, and okay, and so like, and to, and to about... be fair, like these men are like seventy years old. Like, these men are not fifty. Like, they're like elderly grandparents. Right, let me, um, okay, let's read the jacket so that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay. No novel in recent memory has spoken more movingly to contemporary readers about the nature of love than Andre Asimov's haunting Call Me By Your Name. I would say that that's true. (laughs) Upon its publication in 2007, an exceptionally beautiful book, the New York Times Book Review said, nearly three quarters of a million copies have been sold in the United States and is made into a much-loved Academy Award-winning film starring Timothy Chalamet as the young Elio <laughs> and Army Hammer as Oliver, Did you write the this? graduate student. No! With whom Elio falls in love. In Find Me... Asaman shows us Elio's father, Samuel, on a trip from Florence to Rome to visit his son, who has become a gifted classical pianist. A chance encounter on the train upends Samuel's plans and changes his life forever. Later, Elio moves to Paris, where he too has a consequential affair, while Oliver, now a New England college professor with a family, suddenly finds himself contemplating a return trip across the Atlantic. Asaman is a master of sensibility, of intimate details, and emotional nuances that are the substance of passion. Find Me brings us back inside the magic circle of one of our greatest contemporary romances to explore whether, in fact, true love lives on. Okay. Okay. So I'll start by saying, after reading this jacket at the bookstore, when I first saw this book at the bookstore, when we were allowed to go to bookstores, I was like, I'm not reading that. Because I... (laughs) I do not want Elio's father and mother to be divorced. Right. And now, now looking back at Call Me By Your Name, I do see like he left that open as a possibility that that maybe happened. I think, I think they definitely hint at it in Call Me By Your Name. Cause like, like there's like, like there's a possibility that one of them died or like something, but like, you know, something happened with the parents. Yeah. Well, and it's also interesting because Elio is so interior, but, and, like, that's, like, what I love about Call Me By Your Name is, like, his writing and, like, how, like, Elio approaches and looks at the world. But the first section, I think why I found it really hard to latch onto is it's so dialogue heavy. And it was just, Mm -hmm. like, it felt very, like, I don't know. I think that I liked the girl in it. I think that. Oh, I hated her. Okay, well, listen. (laughs) Like, okay. I, I think I, I liked... I'm getting my notes out. Jesus. I took no notes, so... I read it. I read basically 35% of it today, though, so don't worry. I'm fresh. Um, no, I think... 
Yeah, I mean, I think I liked her. I Miranda. I found their I found their relationship, frankly, like more convincing <laughs> to me than Elio and what M- Michelle, whatever his name is. Yeah. I have a note here that says Miranda equals Lana Del Rey. Yeah, okay, which is probably why I like her. Maybe why you liked her so much. Savannah's, um, Savannah's here dropping stuff off in my room, so hi. <laughs> hey, Savannah. I also have here, though, that why so glum is such an Andre Asamon way to start a book. Like, just the word glum to me is, mm-hmm. like, such a, like, him word. But, okay. Yeah, I was cringing at several things in that section, but none so much as when Miranda says that she doesn't want secrets between the two of them. Oh, no. And Andre, er, so for so long, I was basically just reading Samuel as Andre Alcimon, and I was like, well, this is kind of fun. Um, and then she's like, I don't want secrets between us. This is like before they have sex. Mm-hmm. And Samuel tells like a sweet story about how he and this woman like had kind of like an unsuccessful sexual experience, and then he basically ghosted her. Or like she tried to stay friends and he was just like, it was too uncomfortable. And Miranda follows that up with like, well, my story is that I wanted my brother to have sex with me and was upset with him when he didn't. And from that moment on, I felt sick to my stomach (laughs) and I couldn't take it. Okay. Try to remember, Miranda is a 15-year-old. We don't know her background. We don't know what's going on. Her brother's older. I don't know. I mean, I just, like, that That whole... I felt like 15 was too old to feel that way. I don't know. I was not... That part honestly didn't bother me that much. It was very much a blip for me. I was, like, I... when she started telling this story, I was, like, oh, this is horrible. Like we're like I like literally. I thought she I was, was gonna so, get like, raped still. by her brother. Me too. Yeah. And I was like, great. Like, uh, this is not what I was hoping for. Yeah. And then she was like, well, and he and I like he'll never be alone in the same room as me. I was like, understandably. <laughs> and she was like, but I'm I've never forgiven him because I offered him everything. I was like, Miranda, ew. And then she's like, are you disgusted? And Samuel's like, no. <laughs> Like, okay, great. <laughs> I don't know. That part didn't bother me that much. I mean, I think... I don't know. I, I do sort of... I felt like they actually had, like, sort of this, like, mutual understanding and, like, their sort of conversation... Sorry, you were saying mutual understanding? They, like... They seem to, like, actually have this, like, mutual understanding connection that, like, I just did not feel at all with Elio and Michelle. Like, I just felt like Elio yeah. and Michelle are on different pages and, like, mm-hmm. I, and, and frankly, like, when Elio was talking, I'm now we're jumping the gun, I'm going into Elio, but. Mm, whatever. Um, like, when Elio would sort of, like, say things he said and be like, oh, I liked his response, I'm like, why? Like, that's a weird response. Yes. <laughs> well, I think that's how I felt, too, though, in Samuel and Miranda's part, where I just didn't understand, like, what the appeal like I understood like they had a connection they just like kind of enjoyed talking and they just wanted to keep doing that but it just felt like I didn't understand like what was really I don't know I just I I didn't feel connected to their relationship in any way yeah I mean I don't know I think I think there's also sort of for me has like 
I mean, it ends, like, basically with them being together for, like, the rest of his life. And, like, they have a son. Mm -hmm. And so I guess to me it sort of was, like, well, like, this is kind of nice that this man, like, who's kind of at the end of his life can actually have this sort Mm -hmm. of, like, big romance and actually, like, sort of, like, live out the life he was supposed to have led. Like, I I think that's sort of the message is, like, there's sort of, like, this life you're supposed to be living in and like a lot of times we Mm -hmm. sort of get lost along the way but like we have to come back to it and so that's like sort of how I felt about his part Elio's affair I'm like why is this even in here yeah I got excited when the um, music part happened because I was like ooh, a mystery mystery. (laughs) yeah and I really hoped I wanted the like music to be like a code and it wasn't really a code for anything we don't really find out then, anything like, about that in the end. The relationship just kind of ends. Like, Michelle is kind of like, you know, I feel like maybe you and I should break up in November. <laughs> and I had I to read that, that part, like, several times. I thought Elio broke up with him. I thought it was... I don't know. I, I It I honestly Elio was, was like, hey, talk. I'm going to drop in on a friend from New England. Um, I'm going to go see Oliver. Don't worry about it at all. <laughs> well, he was, but he was sort of like, oh, so you're going alone. And Elliot was like, yeah, I'm going alone. So I, so I sort of felt like Elliot was like, yeah, sorry, like, you're not coming with me on my American tour. And listen, yeah, when, although, you're, when you're 70 years old, like, three months can, it's like, it's like, it's not a small thing. However, like, I did really enjoy the fact that they made Elio a classical pianist and a professor because all I was doing was imagining, like, little Timothy Chalamet with his hair, like, lecturing about Bach I was like oh my god that is and like him like playing his little piano with his shirts I was like oh his billowy shirts okay I I was like I can get behind this for sure (laughs) I would learn how to play the piano if I could take classes from him like woof (laughs) (laughs) he's too young for me yeah I mean yeah But that doesn't mean that I am not interested in watching him give, like, an awkward little lecture about (laughs) music. I I guess the way I feel about him is just that, like, I feel older sisterly towards him. Oh, yeah, And not not sisterly in Miranda's sisterly way. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Oof. Um... let's be clear he told a story about ghosting someone and she told a story about wanting to fuck her brother yeah i mean listen i mean i do think that there is something about i i think i think because miranda is such like a sort of hard to pin down flighty person Mm -hmm. like there is something sort of nice in the idea that like she actually like sort of tells like the worst things she can tell and like she's still accepted that's true that's true and frankly it's like who hasn't made mistakes i mean i'm not saying that i've made that (laughs) mistake (laughs) but it's like it's nice it's nobody's perfect nobody's perfect but i think it's i think the idea of somebody like literally knowing all of your like deep dark secrets and flaws and like Mm -hmm. the worst things you've done and like still loving you and accepting you like i think that is nice that is nice Going back to her flightiness, um, I did wonder, like, <laughs> in the last section, so they they end up staying together for the rest of Samuel's life, and they adopt a child together. And I at thought the she end had that the, child. Like, we're, I thought they adopted it. 
Oh, I thought that she gave birth to it. I, 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 I'm unwilling to go back and look, but I, well, cause I they, think they I just assumed about, I was like, they, they talked about like how she like wanted to conceive his child in the first section. Remember? No, mm-hmm. you don't. She like no, like she I talked don't. about like sort of. I was probably starting to skim at that point. <laughs> I I think like basically the scene is that they're in bed and he basically is like you should be with someone younger like if you want to have a family and like children. Mm-hmm. She's like I do want a child mm-hmm. but I want it to be with you. So I assumed that yeah. it's his child, but I mean regardless, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, because it just seems like he's because it at the very end, Miranda and Elio's mother are both living at the oh, yeah. house in Italy. I did not make that connection. And Weird. Because well, she has she, dementia, so. Yeah, so it's kind of like they're all, like, which is also kind of nice because I think Andre Asimov, like, he has a very European perspective on family where it was kind of like um, Elio's hot mom <laughs> falls in love with somebody else and it's kind of like, oh, we're still friends. Like, we just realized we weren't really meant to be married, but we have, like, this wonderful son. And so it kind of made sense that they would all be this little collective at the end. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Miranda just kind of travels and little Oliver – um, which I was like, really? You named him Oliver? Like, he stays around in the Italian house. And then at the very end, Elio's like, he's our child. Okay. Mine and that, Oliver's. I was like, what? You know what that reminded me of is my in memoriam paper from grad school. <laughs> which was like about like using this like, like basically this like threesome conduit to like have a yeah. gay relationship become procreative, whatever. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I have. That That was a lot, that part. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about why I liked the Oliver part. Um, Mostly, me. I think, because. Okay, so I think mostly because it reminded me of Call Me By Your Name the most in that, like, it's Oliver kind of in his head. I didn't understand what the deal was with the two people he invited yeah, to like the, the party. Yeah, like the weird threesome, like, like thing it. that he was trying to do. Yeah. But I think, like, with his that wife was there? what I thought. Ugh. I thought that the book was going to be not that element, but I thought, like, I liked the idea of digging into Oliver's point of view, and, like, that not necessarily was, like, what I wanted from the book, but I also, I liked the idea of, like, his past just kind of haunting him, and I kind of thought, like, it was going to be, like, oh... I'm, you know, thinking of Elio, I liked that he kind of would, like, conjure Elio and have, like, conversations yeah, with him just because... And I liked when he was, like, I was the one who kind of did the hurting, but I'm the one who never got over it. And I was like, oh, Oliver. But Elio also didn't get over it. No, and I liked the idea, though, that it was, like, about the two of them feeling that call for each other, whereas when Elio was, like, with Mikel or Michelle or whatever, it doesn't... um I thought there would be more of him feeling kind of called or pulled toward Oliver. And well, I think also like the way that they dealt with like sort of the ending was different. Like Oliver basically went back to like his former girlfriend and married her and was with nobody else for the rest of his life. And then Elio like clearly like came to terms with who he was and like had relationships with men and women and sort of like maybe Mm -hmm. they weren't deep relationships but like he at least sort of knew who he was so like elio i think is more healthy than oliver at the end of the day yeah um i also have a note here how would you say that you would pronounce oliver's wife's name god how do you spell it nicole 
M-I-C-H-O-L. Yeah. Nicole. Nicole. Like Nicole, Nicole but I read with an M. Yeah. Oh. Stupid. Um, <laughs> I wrote that she equals Marzia. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, it's also For weird Marzia. that it's like you have Nicole and Michelle. Like, like mm-hmm. that's a little too close. Like, I think like that. those are sort of the things that I was kind of like, you're like, like call me. And call- Miranda. Yeah. With all M's. Well, Call Me By Your Name was so sort of like well spun. Like this sort of had a lot mm. of notes in it that were like really obvious and like jarring. Well, that's why I feel like it was a writing exercise that he was like, well, if you really want me to publish something so you guys can make another movie, like, I guess take this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I also think... <laughs> I, I did I did like the sort of like dialogue between the two of them. I did like that part. But I just think mm-hmm. I just think I was very confused by the rest of it. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, and I liked though that he he's like, I need to go back, I need to like make this all happen. Um and you know he's like I'll still be their dad too. But I thought it was really funny when Oliver and Elio are together again. And he was like, "I had Nicole, you had Michelle." I was like, "Okay, Michelle was a three week relationship. You had a twenty year marriage and children. with Nicole. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> like poor Nicole. I know. Yeah, I mean, also like what? Sorry, go ahead. Well, so here's the thing. Like I. I preferred the ending in which they agonize about each other for the rest of their lives. I didn't mm. really want this sort of like <laughs> I, I didn't want this kind of like happy ending with all the things tied up for them. Like I'm like I don't believe in this. Like I I mean I just don't. Like I'm I'm just, I just think it's like Call Me by Your Name was just like so much more true to life where it's like yeah, we have these experiences that are really meaningful and important. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they peter off into something that, like, we, you know, like, sort of don't live up to what that was. And, yeah, like, I think that it's interesting that you're, that um, with the Samuel and Miranda relationship, you were like, well, it's nice that they have this kind of last experience they accept each other for who they really are they end up together for the rest of his life like that's kind of a beautiful thing and then for like Oliver and Elio who are broken up for 20 years like I just think it's interesting that for that that you're like it's not as true but I think also like I'm not I think the um Miranda and Samuel relationship is not that complicated right and and I think I just I just don't really believe I don't really believe that Oliver would have come is the thing. Mm. Like, I, I think that I find that. I think after 20 years, I think maybe. And, like, especially, like, he's kind of in the same position that Samuel was when he and his wife got divorced. Where yeah. it was, like, the kids are out of the house now. Like, really, is this going to be the rest of my life? When he's, like, still having conversations with Elio, I think he he felt like he had to, like, give it a chance. I just think Oliver's too much of a coward too much of a coward like I think that I mean I just find it I don't know because what what he's doing here seems like worse to me I don't know I just I don't think I don't think Oliver is brave enough to do it 
I think Elio is like too much of a kind of like I don't, I think Elio got like too accustomed to being alone. Now. Yeah, mine said it too. I I also have a note here that says as much as I love the idea of little Oliver um, being Oliver and Elio's and having them raise it together. Like, what about Miranda? And also, I like the idea that um, Elio's dad was like, I never forgot Oliver. I'm like, okay, you mean like the guy who like fucked your son in your home when For he was 17 weeks? and then left and married and then married a woman and broke his heart? You named your son after him? I mean, I also am frankly... <laughs> like, imagine if they didn't get back together. Like, then it's like, well, thank you, Father, for the reminder of the heartbreak of my life. <laughs> I, I mean, that's also what I found. I did not... In, I found the relationship between, like, the parents and children, like, talking about their sex lives, like, I did not like it. Like, I, like, I don't like. I think that's, like, an on, like, an Asaman thing, because, like, his dad, like, he talked about, like, how his dad was, like, semi the inspiration for, like, the Samuel character mm-hmm. and just being very, like, frank about sex. And I think, I think it's European. <laughs> I mean, I just, I found it bizarre <laughs> that, like, Elio and his dad, like, basically go around to places where they, like, had romantic trysts and, like, call them vigils. <laughs> I'm like, it's just, it's just bizarre to me. I don't think they're only that. I think well, it's, like, anything where, like, the place feels special. Well, but, like, to them, like, most places feel special because, like, they made out with somebody or, like, had sex with someone there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I will say I was, like dreading giving this a two out of five on Goodreads and then I feel like the ending allowed me to give it a three I because it gave me no joy I love Andre Asaman so much I love call me by your name so much I was like this gives me no joy to dislike this book like what am I gonna do dunk on one of the sweetest mans I've ever encountered like come on we knew this was gonna happen though we like we knew when we committed to reading it I just thought it would be more fun to like no, it wasn't fun. It um it wasn't fun not to like it. I mean, it. the one good thing about it is that it was a really quick read. <laughs> oh, yeah, God bless. Um But yeah, I mean, I think wouldn't recommend it. Makes you wonder like what the movie is going to be about. I think it I I don't know. Maybe they're just going to make them get back together earlier. I don't know. Maybe. But, like, you cannot... Well, because I know that, like, the director... Tim year-old. Sorry. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. In this... In the books, he's, like, in his 40s. At the end of the book, he's, like, 40. Because, um... What's-his-face? Oliver is, like, 50. At the end. I guess... I guess that's right, because Samuel died, like, not that long ago by the time they're together. Yeah. Um... Well, I now I'm forgetting what I was going to say. Oh, I know too, though, that like Luca Guadagnino, I think that's how you say his last name, the director of the first Call Me By Your Name, like a lot of, like obviously the movie is based on the book, but his kind of experience is also very much like inspired, like, like the reason he was so inspired by that story is because of his own experiences and I think his, like, he has a very clear idea of what he wants to do with the movie. Like, so I'm wondering, like, 
if it's going to be more of Luca's kind of vision for the story of these characters. Does that make sense? I mean, I think it's got to be if they're casting these two people. Like, I, I just can't, yeah. like, they can't do this. I mean, Timothy Chalamet cannot play a 40-year-old either. I mean, Timothy Chalamet can no, he barely, can barely play his own age. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Army Hammer, yeah, I mean, I could believe he's 50, but, like, that's part of the, that's part of my issue with the movie, so. <laughs> One of my favorite things is how mean you are about him now. <laughs> I mean, Whatever. So he seems like a delight of a person. You're like, you know what? I don't like him. No, it's not even that I don't like him. I don't trust him. <laughs> I don't trust him at all. All because of Gossip Girl. So and, that's, you know, your first roles are important. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also like the Winklevi twins mm. too. Like that's not exactly like a flattering role. No. So. No. Like, I think I just think of him as a sort of, like, preppy guy with no morals. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, right now he's, like, basically bald with a mustache. Like, it's very interesting. Why? He, like, shaved his hair. He, like, shaved his head, like, into a mohawk, like, I think as a joke during quarantine. And (laughs) I just feel bad because after Call Me By Your Name came out, he would post all these screenshots of, like, DMs he was getting from people that were, like, stop lying about how you like penises and, like. It was really aggressive about how people were mad that he was married to a woman. And he was like, well, I'm an actor. So. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to like cut us off too short, but I am concerned about my technology. So. Okay. That's fair. Um, I don't want it to stop again. (laughs) Yeah. This is going to be a nightmare to edit, but. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh, we're going to do Emma next, Jane Austen. Oh, yes. I literally, I need to, I need us to talk about something with just with like glowing love and joy. Yeah. And maybe we can watch Clueless too. Uh, And we can watch the new Emma. Oh yeah. We, we, we were supposed to watch the new Emma. It's yeah. On my to-do list. Yeah, I mean, not to get too ahead, I read the first chapter last night. Of Emma? And, like, I already was, like, laughing out loud because of Mr. Woodhouse being like, well, it's a shame that, you know, our neighbor even thought of our governess, and now they're married. How horrible. <laughs> like, basically just because he was sad that she left their house. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a good one. Ugh, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. All right, well, we'll be back in the future with an Emma episode. Don't don't any of you worry. We'll be around for at least a little while longer. <laughs> yeah, listen, I have nothing but time really now, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to, I'm starting to open up myself. <laughs> All right, well. All right, well, thanks for listening. Yep, love you guys. Bye. Bye.